Well, Marcus, we can't start today's episode without thanking our wonderful sponsors. We'll start off with Gavos Freight Solutions. Capital Edge. Millianmar. Retrojet Prince. Without these wonderful people, we couldn't do the things that we do and bring you the guests that we do. So if you could take a moment to check them out in all our podcast descriptions and Instagram pictures and all the rest of it, it'd be a big help to us and to them. But without further ado, we'll get into the episode. You got a bit carried away, Brendan. That's not like Brendan to get carried away, is it? No, not. What a time to be alive. Stevens to go. Disposal efficiency. Pressure point. G'day Pressure Point fans, welcome back to another episode, episode 83 of the Pressure Point podcast. As you may have seen in our socials, this is a two-part episode and I'll, I'll get into why that is a little bit later. But first of all, Marcus, again, welcome. Thank you, mate. It feels weird uh, being in the in the guest seat. It's a bit different. I feel, I feel a bit uncomfortable not being the one that's uh, sort of directing it and having someone else there to sort of ask the questions too so it's a bit strange well i tried to ease you into it if you know for those watching the youtube we're in a different little setup today we're on couches up in your little living room area your place so we're, in, we're a new completely new area and it's, mobile uh, exactly right we've gone pressure points gone mobile which thankfully all the equipment we've got allows us to do so but i'll get into the reason why we're here and for those that have seen our socials you already have a good idea as to what is going on due to no november or november i guess it's all in one um, we decided to touch on men's mental health. I know a lot of people, you know, grow mustaches. A lot of people go for runs, do big bike rides. But we thought the way we would tackle November this year is to touch on men's mental health as I think it's a really big issue that doesn't get touched on enough. And I'm, I'm sure you can agree with that, Marcus. So it's been a little bit inspired by the Imperfects podcast um, and especially their episode on Dylan Friends when they sort of touched on life experiences that they had and things that they probably didn't open up about with other mates and Things like that. And for those that don't know, Marcus and I, you know, we know each other through, I'm, I'm dating his sister. So as you can imagine, we haven't really gotten too vulnerable with each other and sort of expressed our feelings and whatnot. So this is going to be something new for the both of us. And Marcus is going first this week. So I'll, first of all, I'll just pass over to you, Marcus, for a quick second. How, how are you feeling about this and getting vulnerable? Yeah, look, it's um, obviously something that is pretty big in society at the moment, um, men's health. And I'm like I'm more than happy to to be doing this. It's obviously different for us because you know all we I feel like all we do is really talk about footy and um, Italian things and a few other things, but like nothing nothing too serious is always really lighthearted. And I feel like that's the same with um, a lot of male friendship groups as well, where people don't really open up. I think that's what what girls do really well is they're they're very open with their feelings, and guys just don't do that. Every, everything's pretty lighthearted and. Um, jokey, but I feel like you know, in five like since five ten years ago, it's gotten a lot better with men. So, um, and yeah, by people doing this, and um, it encourages more and more people to do it. So, more than happy to um, to kick things off and um, share my my story and, and things I'm um, I'm vulnerable about. So, it's going to be good. Absolutely. Well, we may as well dive right into it. And like I said, the reason why we are doing this is it is something a little bit different. And you did mention we talk about a lot of Italian stuff. So being Italian, growing a moustache for us is too easy. So this is the harder route we've gone down and I thought it'd be good to explore it. And we do normally talk about footy. So I will start this segment on a football-related topic because I think it's a good way to ease into it. And obviously being a Tigers fan myself, I was really big on the road that the Tigers took to winning the Premiership in 2017, their first of the three that they won. And one of the big things they did in the preseason was really get to know each other on a more vulnerable level. And they did that by um, telling all their teammates about a hero, a highlight, and a hardship that they've been through in their lives. So that the three H's or the triple H's for those wrestling fans out there. So I'll start off, Marcus, by putting it over to you again. and We'll get right into it now. 
start off by giving everybody, you know, a hero of yours. It could be more than one, um, a highlight of your life and a hardship that's troubled you. Yeah, no, this is a, this is a really good one. Yeah, as I said, a lot of footy clubs do do this, so it, I feel like it's great. Um, hero, I'll, I'll start with hero. Um, I'll give a couple of honourable mentions. It's very hard to split them. Um, I was, it was very hard to really pick one, but um, honourable mentions... I feel like my grandparents have um, have been a huge part of my life. They're probably the two most selfless people that you'll ever meet. As you as you know, you know them quite well now too, and um, they'll do anything for you. And then the most loving people, and they've been through a lot. Um, in particular, my grandpa. So they're um, they're two of my favourite people in the world. I've got them tattooed on me as well. So they're obviously pretty important. Um, uh, another honourable mention is my dad. You can't go past your parents. Um, dad is yeah he went through a massive thing when he was 20 21 where he was in a major car accident and had to learn to walk and talk again and took him a long time to to regroup and get himself better from that and got told he'll pretty much never be able to have a family or work a full-time job and um he's proved everyone wrong so um as annoying as he can be now um he's a he's absolutely a, a hero for what he's he's been through um and then yeah can't go past your mum I think that's goes without saying for a lot of people they're they're the most caring people and you know mum as as you know she's she's unbelievable and um yeah she puts puts everyone first before her and yeah it's I don't know I don't know what else to say about her she's great I can I can, I can tell just talking about it how <laughs> yeah, much how much they all mean yeah, it, to it, you. it is it is hard to speak about them to be honest but um if I had to pick one uh yeah mum would have to be it she's yeah She's been amazing in my life and helped me through some very, very challenging times. Absolutely. Well, and this is why we're doing this as well, because these are the things that you think subconsciously, but you never say them out loud. So that's why we're here. But obviously, you've spoken about them. Tell us about a highlight. I'm sure at some point they would have been involved in certain highlights throughout your lives. But what, what's the main one that sticks out to you? And you might have a couple of honourable mentions as well. Yep. Um, I think an honourable mention will probably be the 2013 elimination final. <laughs> this has to be a joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, a highlight for me, I think she's in the room right now, and my beautiful girlfriend, Kristen. Um, You're going to make me cry. <laughs> meeting her over a year ago now um, was amazing. She She's brought a lot of joy to my life and um, a lot of purpose, and, yeah, she's, she's great. Um, we spent almost all day every day together and don't hate each other one bit you know which is which is pretty good for <laughs> for people that work from home right next to each other so um now nah, she's great and she's always got my back and I've always got her back and you know, the love for her is is second to none so meeting her is definitely my highlight I reckon of my life so far it's definitely a good one. I'm, I'm glad you went with that over the 2013 elimination final. You could have Maybe raised was, a few eyebrows. It was eyebrows a real there. tough one to decide. <laughs> I could tell you were struggling <laughs> to pick the two apart. We'll get into the last one out of the three H's, and that's hardship. Obviously, this is probably the most difficult one to talk about and probably something I'm not aware of, so this will probably be new to me as well. But I guess, yeah, take it away. Tell us what's you know a hardship that's really troubled you over the years. Yeah, so I've been on a bit of a journey over probably the last two to four years I'd say um coming off the back of a, a pretty toxic relationship and a, a real toxic breakup um really threw me around emotionally mentally um so that was like a tough tough period for me um for a couple of years there and then probably about two years ago 
halfway through 2019, around September 2019, um, bought it, bought an apartment, um, was living by myself and um, found it really difficult and isolated and, um, and yeah, so coming off and already being thrown around pretty, um, pretty severely emotionally and mentally with everything that was going on and living by myself and isolating by myself probably wasn't the best idea, but I did it anyway and I sort of forced myself to do it and, um, sort of had to make myself learn how to, you know, be in my own company and live by myself. So I sort of forced that. Um, and then, yeah, as the weeks went on, um, just started getting worse and worse, started feeling really anxious and really down. Um, and then, yeah, it's what, so probably, at, yeah, I said it's probably still in September 2019. Um, and then Spud Frawley took his own life um, and I was really... And that shook me, like, a lot more than I thought it was. Like, obviously, it was really sad and loved Spud, like, great bloke. Um, but at that time, I was going through, like, real like, panic attacks and sort of everything was just frazzling me. Um, and I remember the next morning going into work and having these panic attack after panic attack and I just couldn't... I had to leave. Like, I, I was, like, spacing out. I was, like, sort of, like, hallucinating. It was it was one of the most scariest days I've ever had. Um, and then, yeah called up mum, text Elisa and just like, are you guys home? Like, I need to come home. Um, and then, yeah, got there and pretty much as soon as I saw him, I just started bawling my eyes out and just, just sort of needed someone to talk to about it because it was just the most fearful time of my life, to be honest. Um, yeah, just thought the whole world was sort of caving in on me and um, that sort of like, I was like, oh, I was so anxious that like, I was like, well, what if I end up like Sparta or like, what if, you know, you go, you lose control and you go down some crazy hole, you know, um, which was, yeah, my own brain just playing tricks on me and I was just in an absolute spiral of anxiety. Um, so yeah, I stayed at mum's for probably a week. Um, just didn't want to be sort of by myself, just wanted to be around people and feel safe. Um, and then, yeah, moved back into my apartment, felt good for about a week. Um, and then, yeah, and then just started feeling feeling pretty anxious and shit again. Um, and then I decided to, yeah, to, to um, get someone to rent out my apartment, move back back home with mum and dad um, for a few months just to get myself back healthy again. Um, booked in to see a psychologist who I saw for a few sessions, which was which was really good. Um, and then then yeah, this sort of just I sort of managed it for a bit. Um, for a few months after that and then got to about start of 2020 and um, I was just feeling terrible again um, so I booked in to see another psychologist because sort of closer to where I lived um, I moved out to, to Hawthorne with um, my good friend Hawksy as as you know and most people would know that listen to this um, had the time of my life there which was great that helped significantly I was still seeing a psychologist as well so anxiety was still prevalent um, but I was able to manage it a little bit more through there and then, yeah, fast forward a few more months and towards the end of 2020, um, anxiety just spiralled again. It was probably the first time Kristen had sort of seen me like that and um, sort of opened up to her about it and it was pretty tough. Um, it was the first time I really sort of cried or got vulnerable in front of her, so that was a pretty scary moment. Um, and then, yeah, sort of booked in to go see a psychologist again, so that was, that was pretty tough. Um, but then, yeah, a few months go by... Um, and sort of started feeling better and just just literally just chipping away at all 
everything that psychologists told me to do and um, just made me feel a lot better about myself and um, made me be able to manage what was going on a lot easier because, um, yeah, it, it turned me into a person I thought I wasn't and it was, yeah, very fearful. It you know, affected my social abilities. Like I didn't want to sort of go out because I didn't want to have a panic attack and things like that. So it was pretty, um, it was pretty full on at some, to- some points. So I was able to manage it and mask it a fair bit, which was probably not a good thing in hindsight, but um, I was able to get through and um, I feel like a lot of people wouldn't know I had anything going on, but that was pretty, pretty crazy. And then, and then, yeah, I reckon probably for like the last six to eight months, it's been, been really good and I've been able, I've got a really good rhythm with it and um, know how to manage it really well. And, um, you know, through gratitude and journaling and just researching everything about it. So in a really good place at the moment. And um, yeah, I feel like that's, that's pretty much it. So that's probably much been the last couple of years of, of my life that have probably been the hardest I'd say. And, probably the best as well it's it's maybe the person who i am today it's built <coughs> it's built a um serious resilient nature in me that's for sure yeah wow um i think what you said before about masking it is so true i mean you're someone i see most weeks if you know even before the podcast i know i wouldn't have had a clue that you were going through any of that stuff i think masking it was obviously something you got good at you talked about seeing a psychologist how important was that and how much of a difference did that make and how much would you recommend that to people that are going through similar things? Oh, I couldn't recommend it enough. I mean, like I had to see, I had to see three different ones. So even if the first one you see isn't, you don't feel like it's vibing, just get a different one. You know, don't give up on it just because one of them doesn't work because they're, they're humans at the end of the day as well. So you sort of need to click with them. Um, and then I eventually, yeah, found one that, that worked for me and um, I felt comfortable with and they gave across some really good advice. So yeah, I mean, it almost goes without saying now, if you're not feeling great, just go see one because they're probably the easiest people to open up to because they're, they're not related to you. They're not going to judge you or anything like that. So um, yeah, couldn't recommend it highly enough. Yeah, I guess. And like you said, at the end of the day, if, if you do feel embarrassed to open up to them, once you do it, you, you really, it's your choice if you want to see them ever again and they, mm. that could be it. So you don't yeah. have to worry about that, I guess, which is a good thing. You don't have that looming over you. At what point, Obviously, like you said, you were, when you were living by yourself, it got really difficult. At what point did you think, I really need to start doing something about this rather than continue to bottle it up and keep it in? Because like I said, I, I had no idea. Yeah, it was, it was when I was having those panic attacks. Um, yeah, when I was at work, just could not focus. Um, and yeah, just felt just so much like trapped emotion in me that had been stored there and just pushed down for ages through shit that's happened in my life. And I've just sort of, pushed it down and moved on with it so that all just built built up into this one big anxiety spiral and panic attacks and um that's when i knew i was like this is this is not good um so that's when i booked in and and yeah and then yeah with the support of of the fam as well they were were huge so um yeah wouldn't have been able to do it without them and um their, their encouragement to go see someone as well I'm glad you did that. Obviously, the last six to eight months, like you mentioned, have gotten a lot better for you. So, you know, obviously fantastic. You've climbed over that wall and you've made it to the better side of things. Um, It was a bit disappointing for myself when there was less food around the house when you did move back home for a little part there. I was a bit disappointed you were eating a lot of my share of the food. So, you know, I'm I'm glad you're better now, but there was a time where I was a bit disappointed in you. But Well, lucky I did move out because uh, 
my old room now is the podcast studio. Exactly so, right. So it's worked yeah. out. It's yeah. worked its way around. Um, no, I like that's obviously my way of handling things. Sometimes I like to throw jokes yeah. in there, but <laughs> no, I'm, I'm obviously really stoked that you've you know had the courage to open up and tell me these things. Like I said, I had zero clue. Um, yeah, I, I feel like like it's. I feel like probably six to eight months ago, I probably wouldn't have been able to speak about it or want to speak about it. So I feel like being in a good headspace now has allowed me to sort of just share it. Um, and it's probably the easiest way for me to sort of tell everyone at the same time as well. Um, you know, mates, I mean, family know it well, but probably not to the full extent. Um, and mates certainly wouldn't know anything about it. So it's a good way to sort of share it all at once as well. When I mean, you're just, it's good just to have you in the room, you guys. So you guys can hear it firsthand, but, um, yeah, that'll no, be, it's good. I'm glad I'm glad I'm doing it. Absolutely. Well, Another thing, like we said, we got a bit of inspiration from the Imperfects podcast and it sort of touches on how nobody's perfect and everybody has their imperfections. Was, was there anything about yourself that you sort of w- didn't think was quite good enough? And did that ever weigh down on you? And if so, what did you do to combat those insecurities and things like that? Yeah, well, I mean, I had massive self-esteem um, issues probably at the start of it. That probably started it all. Um, yeah, not, not you know, feeling not worthy, not good enough. Probably it stems back from just, yeah, being going through like a toxic breakup. Um, and yeah, just going through all that. All that was, was really tough and sort of, yeah, being told that you're, you're no good or not being wanted. And um, yeah, so that was really tough and probably something I still sort of have to manage and look closely at now. So, um, and it's just owning up to them as well and accepting it and being like, look, yeah. Like this is the sort of the negative self-talk you got and you sort of just acknowledge it and, and try flip it and um, and turn it into something positive. So, because, um, you know, you're only telling yourself that at the end of the day, like, you, you know, it's, 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 they're your thoughts, you can control them. And um, something I've learned along the way is, you know, you're in control of everything. Don't ever feel like you're not in control. So, um, all the thoughts you're having are your thoughts. You know, if you want to change them, you change them. It's, it's, it sounds simple. It's a lot harder to do, but... It's simple in theory. Yeah, 100%. And like you said, they are your thoughts, especially when it revolves around self-esteem issues. And, I mean, you, there's, there's a lot of people out there would th- that would think completely different, but you would have no idea. I mean, I'd never admit this to you on a normal occasion, but especially when, you know, I first met you and you were at the gym at the time, you were working there and all that. I remember speaking to you early on and, you, you know, we were just talking gym talk, you know, what kind of weights you push and all that sort of stuff. And I thought oh, geez, I've got a bit of catching up to do with this bloke, you know. <laughs> I thought, geez, a bit bigger than me. i got, I got to catch up to this bloke who's got the, you know, the perfect beard line, the perfect hairline. I thought, geez, I've got a lot of catching up with this guy. So, you know, it's like, you know, especially early on, now I got to know you a bit better. Obviously, you know, it's, things are a little bit different. But when I first met you as well, I thought like, oh, geez, this guy's well, got, got a lot yeah. to do, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's and you, and you would never have known that because that's not something that I'm going to come out and say, mm. especially when I first met you. It's a bit strange, but... Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. That's and it's that is an example that you know you don't know how many other people are thinking similar things while you're beating yourself up. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, well, I think that's a, that's another big thing as well. What and something I'll probably still deal with today is that sort of that fear of judgment and sort of like that social ang- anxiety as well. Um, where like yeah, you, you you're so worried about what people think and um, and you know what, what are they saying something about you and. Um, and sort of you get to the point where you get so anxious about it that you almost don't want to just you just remove yourself from it so um, that's something I was yeah sort of going through as well and still do to a certain extent now um, so yeah I guess that that fear of judgment and trying not to um, care about what people think 
because you know you're living your life and you do what makes you happy and not what other people make or what other people want you to do and if they're if they're um if they're giving you shit for for things you're doing then you probably need to reevaluate why they're in your life um which i've done i've sort of distanced myself from myself from people that were like that and yeah you, they just bring you down you don't need that in your life how hard was doing that? Because I know for me personally, I'm a people pleaser and mm. as much as it would hurt, I would struggle to do something like that, even though it's the best decision. How hard was it to distance yourself from those people or did it get to a point where you're like, they're just no good, they have to go? Yeah, I mean, it's not really just having a conversation with them. It's more just like, you just don't, you just don't have it. You just don't allow, don't give your time to them, to be honest. You just, you sort of just fade, fade off. And um, I mean, if something does get pretty bad, yeah, obviously confront it, but... Yeah, I never. I just sort of just just phased it out, to be honest, and sort of just. I like to keep my my friendship group nice and close now, and and tight knit, and just hang around the people that make me feel good and um, that bring good value to my life. So, um, and just yeah, just sort of just don't give your time to the people that aren't worth giving your time to. Absolutely, and I think you've touched on some pretty good key points there that people should you know I mean, and everyone's different, but I think for the most part, people should listen to. Is there any other advice that you'd have? Like I said, you've climbed over the, the wall for the most part and you're in a pretty good headspace at the moment. Any advice that you'd have for any, or anyone, any one of our listeners? Yeah, just seek help. Like if, if you're feeling down, you're feeling shit, just just go, you know, if, if you don't feel comfortable going to, just going to see a psychologist, speak to the closest person in your life because um, you, you'd be surprised on, on how much people are willing to help, especially the ones close to you. And um, and if you're, fear, if you're scared of them judging you, then... Um, then they're probably not the right people in your life. So just, just, just do it. You'll be amazed by the help and, and love people give you when you're going through a tough time. So, and the best thing you can do is is talk about it and not keep it bottled up like I did. And then it just all sort of just exploded at once. So, um, yeah, open up, get help, and yeah, and just keep your keep your group, keep your circle nice and positive, and um, surround yourself with great people. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And obviously, as much as this is surrounded by men's mental health and the Movember Foundation, obviously, this is go- This goes out to anybody as well listening that this is just general advice for everybody. So thank you, Marcus, firstly. Um, before we wrap up, how do you feel getting all that out? There's obviously myself here, but there's a bit of a live audience behind us. How do you feel getting all that out now and to the general public? Yeah, no, I feel, feel great about it, to be honest. It's um, something I've sort of, yeah, said, something I wanted to do for a while and I feel like, yeah, we've got a bit of a platform here to, to sort of do it. And I thought it would be, be a great opportunity to sort of share a story and um, and perfect timing with Movember as well to, to help break that stigma and um, something I'm really passionate about. And um, I've done Movember a couple of time, times with um, with my mo and raising some money for that. So I thought it'd be a bit different this year and, and do it like this. And yeah, and I, um, yeah, I hope if there's anyone listening, I hope um, I can encourage one person to, you know, go seek some help and um just through through my my story and um that's yeah that's all i really ask for at the end of the day is for everyone to um yeah just to look after themselves and try help other people well like i said this is part one of a two-part episode and i am next up and you've given me a bit of courage now to speak up i was very nervous leading into this so yeah i thank you for you know opening up because now i've got a bit of courage for the next episode when that comes out but i guess we've probably touched on it all unless there's anything else you wanted to add but no, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. That's you know, I feel like that's that's everything. That's the most I've ever sort of given it given out. So I think that's everything, mate. And now we reverse roles 
in uh, next week or the week after and I start asking you the questions and you're the one that's uh, getting all vulnerable. So it'll be fun. Absolutely. No, I am really looking forward to it. Once again, thank you for opening up. This has been uh, part one of a two-part episode for the Movember Foundation. I hope everyone can jump into the link and uh, donate whatever they can, um, whether it's to our donation page or anyone else's. It's just all gone to the same cause at the end of the day. So really encourage you to get involved with that and get around a mate as well and ask them if they're okay. It's... Um, never been a more important time especially with what we've all been through in the last couple of years so um, definitely get around a mate but that is all we've got through this episode marcus thank you again all right thank you mate loved it